Welcome to Our Family Stories, the only podcast that shares stories about my awesome family. We have the Waits, the McKinleys, the Smolens, the Crofts, and the Clausens. And we have a few visitors here and there. I love you guys, and I hope you all enjoy this episode of Our Family Stories. Hey everybody, welcome. You know, when I started doing these podcasts, one of the first ones that I thought of right off the bat was telling the story of Amber and Brenton going um, out to California and living in their RV. And it's something that I thought about for a while and it's taken me a bit to put it together, but me and Amber were able to sit down together we were able to have an awesome recording session, and I am excited about how this all turn, turned out. It got me thinking a lot about moments in our life where we stand at the edge and we, we give 100% trust and we take the leap. And as you listen to this, that's exactly what they did i i just want to commend them on their cur- their courage through this process i think it was so courageous to do what they did and it took a lot of faith and a lot of guts and as you'll be able to listen to it's a pretty neat it's a pretty neat experience it's a pretty cool thing that they did so without further ado here's the episode All right, we're recording right now. It's a beautiful day in July, and I'm sitting here with Amber, and the purpose of what we're going to be talking about, we wanted to talk about, uh, they, they, in my opinion, it was an epic trip. Um, they took this epic trip that we're going to talk about where, in my eyes, they're extremely creative, courageous, and probably and probably a little bit naive (laughs) crazy the three c's right there um but we wanted to talk about that today so i guess to set the stage maybe if you can talk about a little bit about like where you're at in your life at that time and what your I, i know your plans and and just like everybody's plans change all the time but at that time kind of what your plans were what your goals were and um how this all came about yeah, we, um, it's kind of hard to think of where to begin. I know if you were hearing this story from both my husband and I, it's just my perspective today, um, you'd probably get a different story. But we were amidst a time where we had downsized from uh, almost 2,000 square foot home to a 750 square foot home. And we our goal was to become debt free. And we came across some job losses and 
we didn't know what we were going to do. My husband's, uh, Brenton's in accounting, so we were searching out of state and just started looking and um, had been searching for the right job for a long time. He'd gotten the CPA and we were just trying to find the the job that's going to provide a future for us. And one of the jobs we applied for was in California, and we knew California was expensive to live in. Um, but we applied anyways, thinking, oh, maybe they'll compensate. Maybe they'll pay us well and we can afford to live there. And, and so he interviewed all over. We probably, he probably had interviews in five or six different states, 10 different cities. I mean, he was actively interviewing all the time. And the opportunity came up at PricewaterhouseCooper in San Jose. And so he went and interviewed there and... I was really excited about California because I lived in Palo Alto, also in the Bay Area, um, a few years prior to getting married as a nanny, just did a summer there, and I loved it. I loved the Bay Area um, just because of the weather, mostly, and, and the culture is fun, There's and being close to the beach is fun. You know, there's lots of fun things about it, but mostly the weather. I've always wanted to live in a place with beautiful, warm weather, so we... Um, got a job offer there and I don't know if we knew what they were going to pay us before we decided we were going there um, but we were like yeah this is what we want to do and then by the time we found out how much they were going to pay we are kind of like oh which wasn't a whole lot more than we were making here in Idaho where it was affordable. Um, so we started looking at real estate in San Jose area and started branching out, you know, within 30 minutes, one hour, you know, seeing what was affordable. And we were hoping we could maybe get like an apartment or something. And it turns out apartments were between two and 3000 for a one bedroom and three kids, one bedroom just wasn't going to, or they won't even rent to you with families. Um, okay. Hang on. Pause for just a second. Okay, so we just moved to a new location because the kids are watching a movie and I didn't want Chicken Little or whatever they're watching in the background all the time. So anyways, we were talking about real estate. So let's talk back up a little bit. You're looking for apartments and the size and how much was the cost again? Uh, most one bedrooms ran between two and 3,000. So if we were going to get into at least a two bedroom apartment, you're looking at three, four, five, six thousand incredible wow. amounts. Like who can live there? We still, I still boggle my mind every time I met people. I'd ask, "How do you afford this? Or how how'd you find your place? Or what do you do?" And what did people tell you? Like when uh, you said, "How do you afford this?" A lot of them this? had special compensation from their employers. Others lived with family. Lots of people live with multi generational, um, and other people did creative means um and so i brent and i discussed it the only way we could do this is if we found a creative way to live there and and i just kind of threw out there i'm like how about living in an rv because i you know that's something that intrigued me and i thought that'd be fun and i he when he said yeah sure why not i was shocked because that's that's not what i expected <laughs> but he wanted this opportunity bad enough that it seemed fine to him so the next step was, is find an RV and not only find an RV, find a, a tow vehicle, find a place to park it, you know, all these little details. So this was occurring in the, let's see, got the job offer in November of 2014. And in December we flew down and we, um, actually we found an RV right away. I'd started searching 
and my one requirement is that we would have like our own bedroom and the kids would have like bunk beds and hopefully in a separate room. So basically a two bedroom RV. And tell me, tell me the ages of your kids at okay, this time. At this time, our oldest was, let's see, she was in kindergarten. And so she was about five turning six. And then we had a three-year-old and a one-year-old, not even a one-year-old yet. So we had almost one-year-old. So we had three little kids and we'd need to house them somehow. Um, so I thought a bunkhouse option would work and we didn't want a fifth wheel because we didn't want to have to buy a certain type of truck or something like that um, to get it there. Although in hindsight, we would have done things differently, obviously, but I searched on Craigslist and found an RV um, and I'd, ha I'd happened to drive by it. It was near our old neighborhood. And so I'd, I'd actually seen it before I knew we were even looking. So, so let me stop you because yeah. I'm, I guess I'm confused. I, I, I always think of an RV and a fifth wheel as the exact same thing. What's, what's the difference? Well, I, they are the same thing, but we had bumper pull. So a fifth wheel would hook up a hitch to your pickup like bed. on the inside yeah, on it. the inside, like a ball oh. on the inside. Okay. Neck into like a hook, basically. Okay. Um, but a bumper pole is what ours, like a camper trailer is what other people might call it, um, is what we have ended up having. And is that, are they not as robust as the They're fifth wheels? They're built to travel. Well, uh, okay. A fifth wheel is built to hit the road and, and do and like big, road trips and they have okay. high ceilings okay. and more room usually. Um, and they tow better. Okay. You have to get a special tow package with, um, just a bumper pole. Okay. Usually if you're going to go long distances or, um, that type of thing. And this is all new stuff to us. I'd never once in my life slept in a camper before this. <laughs> okay. So never. All right. <laughs> and, I don't think Brenton had either. So this was the first time we'd never even pulled trailers. Like, and we pulled small utility trailers, but never a camper. Um, so when I found the trailer, uh, found a deal, the lady was like, it was somebody that passed away. She was living in it. So it didn't have, um, I guess I'll describe what it looked like yeah, yeah. at this point. Cause it was a, a big trailer, like almost just shy of 40 feet, 38 foot. Wow. Um, Hornet, Keystone Hornet Retreat is what it's called. So it was one that's intended to live in. And um, so, but not intended to pull long distances. It's more like park it once you move it. It's not a camper, really. Um, so it was a good setup. So it had two doors, one in the bedroom, like the master bedroom, if you call it that. <laughs> and then one in the living space which was a sliding glass door and lots of windows, windows all around. Um, so it was very well lit plus skylights, I think three skylights, one in the middle, one on each side. So when you walk into the RV, uh, and we just call it the RV, like that's how we've always labeled it. It's never had a name or anything. We're just living in the trailer or the RV. Um, to the right would be a small bedroom and had an actual door that was, like that seemed like heaven. This was when into you have little kids. This was into your guys' to the bedroom. Children's bedroom. So children's in, bedroom. Okay. Walk in. It's the living space. Oh, okay. To the right um, of the sliding door was the kids' bedroom, which was a bunk room. Left side of the room, bunk beds. Right side of the room was a table set up that convert to a bed, and then a closet. 
So that's yeah. all that was in the room. You know, you turn left, there's the bed, turn right, there's, sure. you know, with a few feet in between. So we converted the table into a bed. That's where Rocky slept. We thought we'd put the pack and play there, but that that would have been a safety thing. So we just kind of took the table out and it made a little cubby hole where your feet would go. So initially that was his little sleeping area. And then we made it flat into a bed as he got a little bigger. Um, and then Daisy Lynn and Sterling each had a bunk bed. So everybody had their own bed. There was plenty of space. And so, so hang on. So as you walk in, living room area to your right was bunk bed table. You convert into a bed. What was the living room like? Living room straight ahead is a couch. Um, before you got in the kids' room on the right-hand side was like an entertainment center. Um, they had like an old-school TV and maybe a flat screen, but they took that. So we just installed a flat screen against the wall and put mm -hmm. our VCR on the little table, the entertainment center. Mm -hmm. um, and then, you know, directly behind the couch to the left was where the table bench seats were. And then storage up above, you know, cabinet storage up above. And then behind the table, just to your left as you walk in, was, you know, the kitchen area. Just a uh, sink, fridge, and it, we also had two slides. So that gave us extra square footage. It's typically eight, oh, okay, eight feet so it's slide out. wide. And that gave us an extra two and a half feet, I think. When you so slid those out. When you slid it out. And that so was like, the whole living room slid out. So from okay. couch to dining table... And I think it was like a 10 feet, like 10, 10 feet right 10 there. Feet right in that, that section. That would slide out. Okay. So actually it was quite spacious. And when you looked at it in perspective wise, coming from our other house is only 750 square feet. We thought, well, heck, let's split it in half. We can do this. We split it in half last time from, you know, we, we can downsize. It's not going to be a big deal. We learned that that's not that big a deal. Mm -hmm. um, and... I guess I'll describe the rest of it. It's hard for me to stay on track here. Yeah, yeah. Let's 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 just <laughs> lay it all. Yeah, let's um, finish it all. So in the kitchen would be there was another door to the bathroom, mm -hmm. and the bathroom had a small bathtub, like triangular shaped bathtub, toilet, and um, a sink, and a big storage cupboard. So actually, it has way more storage than we had at our current house. Um, and then another door would go to the the bedroom for the parents and that also had a slide so when it wasn't slid out you had about a foot between the bed and the door so when it did slide out you had about three feet <laughs> between the door and the the bed and there was a closet so that was pretty much that it had it. a desk but you, that's it it was a bed and how big was the bed a queen size bed okay and we just built up a platform because mm -hmm. there was one of those access doors underneath and we thought hey we can store stuff under there mm -hmm. and so we built a platform and just threw a mattress in there and what what year there. was what year was uh, it it was a 2007 so it was about seven years old kind of on the newer side yeah. but a bit dated when it came to rvs they changed technology yeah. and everything how much did quickly. you guys pay for it we paid 11000 Okay. And we thought that was, it was a good deal. But when we showed up to buy it, I, actually the day we'd already paid for it, the day we couldn't tow it the day we bought it because we got like 11 inches of snow. 
And it was just one of those crazy storms that Boise gets and you know it's going to melt the next day, but it stayed cold for a few days. So we didn't, and we didn't have a truck. We didn't have any way to tow it. So I'm getting on Facebook and calling people saying, hey, who wants to come help us tow a trailer to our house? Because we hadn't got that far on the plan yet. We didn't even have a vehicle. So you bought it. We bought it. No, and <laughs> and now, now you're like, we took okay, the we job, gotta... but we didn't have a place to park it. We didn't have a plan really. Wow. That's I mean, we had a dream. You had a lot of faith. Yeah, I guess had a lot of faith. We did have a lot of faith. That's cool. But there, it was getting kind of like we needed help too. Because, but when we showed up to buy it, she said it had all the things that we needed. You know, she said everything worked. It had all the hoses and probably needed new batteries. We're like, okay, no big deal. We get at home. I start looking through. There's no hoses. There's no hoses for your uh, sewer drainage, your electricity. Um, batteries were gone. I was thinking I could at least turn those in and get a new battery or something. Wow. Um, so it was kind of stripped. She said there'd be several things and there, everything was gone. I don't know if somebody went through it, wasn't locked where it was parked, or they just decided they wanted to keep everything. It was odd. Okay. And, but all that stuff added up. It cost us about another, almost another 2000 by the time to we To put got, it all together. Yeah. And between batteries, the most expensive thing we found out, and we didn't know this till California, because they told us it had been winterized, and we don't even know if that had happened. Okay. But so usually if you have an RV, you want to winterize it if you live in a cold area, so your pipes don't freeze, kind of like you would your sprinkler system. Um, and I think they do it the same way. They blow it out, blow air through the lines. Yeah, yeah. And in fact, that could be a side gig. <laughs> That's right. You just open up a new line of business for me. <laughs> I do a little more research on that. I've, I've never, we let go of it at the end of this journey. But, um, anyhow, we, when we got to California, we found out that one, we didn't even know how to do anything. I bought all the supplies we needed on Amazon. So we had them by the time we got there, but um, we had a lot of learning. That was just like the beginning of everything, but the water heater wasn't working either. So we decided since it was only a seven gallon water heater and we have five people, we thought let's splurge and get, you know, on demand. And that's oh, okay. a whole nother story, but that was about $1,200 for that unit. Okay. And it didn't work basically the whole time. <laughs> we, we learned how to jerry rig it, but yeah, it was a very expensive piece. Don't go Atwood if you have to buy a RV water heater. It was a bad deal. So who, but, so how did you get it home? So, so you, I, uh, Mark, our stepbrother, um, yeah. he, I don't, I must've put it on Facebook. Monica said, Hey, he can help you with it. And another thing that was wrong is because we didn't have batteries, we couldn't get the jack to work because to jack up high enough to get it on a trailer oh. hitch, it was battery powered. Okay. And so that didn't even work. And, you know, that was the first thing we're here in the middle. It was parked at her business okay. on, um, I don't remember the street, but anyways, it was parked at her business. So it was in a parking lot and we wanted okay. to get it out of there since we owned it at that point. Right. And, you know, we're in the snow trying to get it up. Finally, Mark was able to help us get it home, and he's confident and good driver with the trailer. So, so what did so you do? You just, like, manually jack it up? We manually jacked it up. Okay. He had a jack, a big okay. jack, and we just jacked it up and stuck it on and <laughs> knew it wasn't going to move from wherever we parked it from until we got batteries and okay. everything else. Wow. So we towed it home and um, parked it on the side of the road by our house as we prepared. So that was the first week of December. 
or actually that must have been the last around November. So December, we decided to go to California and find somewhere to live. You know, where are we going to park this thing? So Brenton, Rocky, and I, we flew down there, and um, he had paperwork for the job. So we went through all the paperwork to accept the job, and he had to go um, <clears throat> fill out just different things and run around, get things notarized. And so we're preparing for that, and we started looking at trailer parks and going, okay, we could do this, and in San Jose, driving around at some of those trailer parks, I'm like, I don't know, this is a bad idea. Some of these places were sketchy and not safe and scary. I'm like, and you're close to your neighbors. But those were like actual um, mobile home parks. And so I was like, I just don't think that's where we need to be. And my hopes and my heart was I want to find somebody that has acreage. You know, I want to live somewhere where our kids can go be kids because they're going to have a hard time running around playing in an RV. So we need to be somewhere safe. And there were some like nice RV resorts. And so we checked those places out and that was kind of like our number one choice from that trip. And was I was, the, was the RV resorts, RV resorts. That's, yeah. And they have rules there. Like you can only have one car parked and you can only, and they're about 1100 a month. So it was okay. affordable, you know, it's, not cheap, but affordable. And, um, and so we'd applied at the RV parks, but before that had happened and we'd only seen the sketchy places, I was feeling a little bit nervous and a little bit scared about this whole thing. Just going, how are we going to make this work? Living in San Jose did not look like an option or within 30 minutes. And so Morgan Hills where we ended up finding, but I, so we were sitting in Morgan Hill and Brenton ran into a Safeway to go notarize something because they had a bank there. And I was just flipping through my phone. I was just kind of doing my morning scripture prayer in the car with Rocky as I was waiting for him. And I was just really asking, like, I need to know how we're going to make this work. Like, this is, we're willing to do whatever it takes to make this work because we want to move forward. But I don't know how that's going to happen. And I came across, I was reading an ether and either um, it's talk it's the story of brother of Jared and how he has built barges and he's created this way to get to the promised land. He's built these barges that were he, he calls it tied into a dish where basically it's a you know it's a tight thing and he needed help from the Lord to have light. He had a plan for the air and to make it a safe journey, but he didn't have a way to have any light in his barge. And so he goes to the Lord. And he, he came with a plan, 16 small stones, and he puts his hand out to the Lord and he says, you know, I need you to touch these stones so we can have light for our journey. And, and the Lord does touch the stones and he has complete faith that he'll do that. And, and that's, that thought came to me. That's what we need to do. We need to put our hand out and we need to say, Lord, we prepared this. We And the day before we flew out, we bought an auction, um, a vehicle at auction, a truck. A, it was a 2000 Ford Excursion, so a big truck. Um, but we learned even more. Like, that probably wasn't. It was not diesel. We probably should have gone diesel. But, you know, we, we had the big enough chassis, so we thought, hey, it's good. Um, Anyways, we bought that auction, so we were racing out to the auction house the day we were flying out to pay for it, because you had to pay within 48 hours or whatever, and we were going to be out of town. And then racing back, you know, going to the bank, paying, you know, trying to do all these crazy things to make it happen. But we had a vehicle now, and we had an, 
a place to live. We just didn't know where we could park it. And so this scripture really, it's impacted me. You know, this has been, I don't know, four or five years since we've had this experience, but physically I put my hand out to the Lord. I can't tell you how many times saying, I don't know how this is going to work. I still get emotional because it's so great in my life. There's been, I always get emotional, but I, there's been so many challenges since then that I don't have an answer and I don't have, I don't know what to do. I mean, it just, there's been many challenges through this journey, but I keep going back to that of, I'm going to make a plan. Lord, here's my stones. You need to light up. And in a humble way, ask. I expect this blessing. Sorry. And a great miracle has happened every time that the Lord has provided. But I got an answer in that car that day that the Lord was going to provide. I wasn't scared of living in an RV with our kids. I wasn't scared of what was coming, but I knew that he was going to provide. And so we just kept planning. And, you know, a few weeks later, Brenton started his job first of January, and we chose that the kids and I would stay back in Boise until a few months. I, I don't know how we decided April, but somehow April was the the time we decided to stay. Um, we were going to try to get through the end of the school year, but something came up and we needed to get, we just needed to get there. And so Brendan, um, we headed down July 1st. He was going to start the second. And we, um, we took the truck that we had bought and the RV for a test run just a few miles from our house. You know, we just want to take a loop down Federal Way and around East Boise. And it was kind of dark and cold and windy. And this first time Brendan had ever towed it. And I think that was one of the scariest drives of his life. And we were only three miles from our house. <laughs> <laughs> I was scared too. We were turned around in the high school parking lot. And it's like, are you okay? He's like, it's pulling this truck all over the place. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> but I kind of just relied on that that faith piece of, I'm not sure how we're going to do this. And we only have like another week to prepare, but somehow we're going to make it to California in one piece. Somehow this is going to happen. And what we found out, something that they told us was included were the sway bars and you need those. They, and it had like one piece of the sway bar in there. I don't know why they didn't take it all. I don't know, but we had to go buy sway bars. That was one of the expenses. That was another $600. What do sway bars look like? I can't even picture. Okay, So you have the hitch where the ball is. Mm hmm. And it's a metal piece that goes on the ball and attaches. You've probably seen them on RVs and any large trailer on a mm -hmm. domestic thing. Um, and there's chains. It's, it's just two extra bars that connect. 
oh, under your I RV see, yeah. and some extra chains. So it stabilizes it. Okay. Or they're called stabilizing hitch, maybe. So, okay, so when you were dri making that drive, you didn't have sway bars on We didn't have sway bars yet. on yet. Okay. And we didn't know, but this is 38 feet. So that's just two feet short of some semi-trailer. So it's long. And that we had really long. a excursion, which is the largest size for a vehicle. But... You know, that's, it looks like a teeny tiny little ant next to this giant long trailer. So it needed something to regulate it. And the first time we hooked it up, I remember it was, I think it was a Monday night. It's dark out, it's December. And we took all the kids, we're all excited. And we didn't get very far down the road before we weren't very excited anymore. <laughs> so it was a scary drive. And, and so it was kind of like go back to the the drawing board and just pray go well how are we going to do this how are we going to get there and there's been a lot of storms that winter and we're and i talked to our neighbor who was a big rver at our house that we previously lived in and i was just asking questions he's like you're going where i'm like to california he's like over the donner pass i'm like is that the best way to go and he's like that's pretty much the only way to go unless you go all the way to Southern California, then you have to go through Utah. And he started going off and spouting all these different routes that we could take. And he's familiar with that. And he pulled RVs through there. And, and he has a fifth wheel. And he's like, I wouldn't take my fifth wheel over the Donner Pass in the winter. I'm like, okay. He's like, and he was getting us scared. And I'm like, well, we're going. <laughs> and I said, well, what do you recommend? And he's like, well, get all, get chains for every tire. And so that, that was, you know, four tires on the truck four tires on that so we bought eight sets or I don't even know how that works two different sets oh no it was eight sets of chains or four sets of chains I don't know how they do it but we went and spent I don't know a few hundred dollars three hundred dollars on chains to get there we're like okay we got our chains and um I was like watching the weather like a hawk just going okay do we need to go a little early do we need to you know do we how are we going to pass over these storms? Because they can get 10 feet of snow in this pass, and they close it down when they get stormy. I'm like, okay, well, they'll close it down, but then it's still treacherous sometimes. So I I just put it out there to the Lord again. I said, okay, this is the day we're going. I've prepared. I have our chains. We've got our sway bars. We're scared. We're And my dad was going to go with us, and he was going to drive Brenton's car so I could ride with Brenton. He didn't want to go alone. He didn't want to be in the death trap alone if he died. <laughs> so, <laughs> and, sat in, and so we went and got Brenton's transmission chain, or fluid serviced and all that. And we thought, oh, his car's good to go. We're in the cars, ready to go. Mom's babysitting the kids. You know, it's January 1st, and Dad's revving the engine of... Brenton's car I'm like what is he doing and he's just like what is he doing out there and we looked out the window and he's trying to move the car but it won't move well when they serviced his car they didn't put any transmission fluid in it so they serviced his transmission without refilling the fluid and we're and we, we lived down the hill from the auto shop so it made it home there was enough to pump through to wow. get home but we were at our doorstep you know it's literally just a mile from our house and it wouldn't move and he finally got it going. He revved that thing so good that it sped around the corner to his house, which is, you know, 100 feet away from our house. And we're like, that's not right. I'm like, we're not driving that car anywhere. So we told Dad, we'll call the shop. I mean, we were warming up the cars to leave, and we found out this problem. And thankfully, we found out at our front door, not, you know, down the not road. when the <laughs> engine blew up. Yeah, so yeah. anyhow, we were just like, okay, well, we still need to go because he starts work Monday. This is Friday or Saturday, and we were going to break it up into a two-day drive. 
because it's about 13, it's 700 miles, but it's about 13 hours if you're driving slowly or if you stop a lot um, between Boise and San Jose and, or Morgan Hill. It's about, Morgan Hill is actually south of San Jose, about 40 minutes, 45 minutes. So, so let's pause for just a okay, second. Okay, there's lots. Do you know where you're going yet? Had you guys? We do. We Okay, decided, so, so tell us that really quick and okay, then we'll so go we back. Okay, so we had decided that... While Brenton was living down there, he would live in the Mo- or the RV resort okay. in Morgan Hill, California. They had two of two different ones, and it was fancy. It was beautiful, you know, palm trees, you know, place you'd go to vacation. And that was about eleven hundred a month, the one that okay. we found. But it was about forty five minutes from his work, so he'd still have to commute quite okay. a ways. Okay, I had missed that or yeah, something. Sorry. So, well, and there's so, so many that's, details. So that's where you're heading to. Yeah, okay. we're going to Morgan Hill. That's okay. where we have a place to live. Um, they approved us and all okay. that because they run credit checks and just like you would any other rental. Okay. Um, so we told Dad he was okay. He's like, I'll just take it back to the shop. They were closed New Year's Day, and uh, see. And he was able to get a hold of somebody. So Saturday they were going to be open again on the second. He's like, I'll take it in. And we're like, something's wrong with this. And it just turns out they didn't put fluid back into the system or so, enough or something. It wouldn't move. Yeah. So um, dad's like, I'll just come down and I'll just drive straight through so you have your car for work. And I was supposed to fly home. Now I'm forgetting details. Yeah, because we didn't know that we couldn't park two cars there. So I was just going to fly home and leave the truck there too. Um, But with dad coming, that kind of changed things up. Um, Forgetting details. Maybe he was... I don't remember, but it might come to me. But anyhow, so we, we left and went down there, and I remember the feeling I had leaving town. It was snow on the ro- sides of the roads, but not on the roads in Boise. It was still very winter-like, and, you know, we drove from Boise to about Jordan Valley before we made our first stop, and that's not too far. That's, what, 40 miles? I don't mm-hmm. know, maybe about 40 minutes away and you know we were just white knuckled and it wasn't bad weather it was good roads a lot of people off the roads because it's a holiday and we just had to stop and get lunch and breathe and just go okay we're on the road (laughs) we're doing this and it shouldn't make you nervous but just doing something new we were scared because we didn't I mean we were kind of going flying on you know by the seat of our pants because we're in this vehicle that we found out wasn't the greatest vehicle for it but Technically, it, it was capable of pulling it, um, and we had it packed with all his stuff that he'd need for the next four months before we came down. Um, but it, everything was working out okay. It was totally fine. And you had the kids like in the back of the car. No, kids didn't come along. Kids did mom, not come. So mom babysat the kids at home. So even she the stayed at even her house. the even the baby. Even the baby. So okay, so this just is just you and, and Brenton. Yeah, okay. so it's just Brenton and I. Okay. And honestly, this is the first time in my life I've ever been in the car with Brenton for more than 10 minutes where he didn't have the radio on. I mean, he was so, like, focused and nervous that he couldn't have music on. And that's the first... And I think we drove all the way to California with nothing on, <laughs> which has never happened. And we talked a lot, but there was a lot of silence, too, and a lot of, like, you know, just... It was it was a long drive because we didn't go over fifty five because exhausting. It was exhausting. Oh, yeah. It was well, and we made it to Reno, and we're like, okay, because it's dark and late. Time. We just go sleep in the RV. We'll we'll you know we've got propane in there. We'll turn on the heat and we'll just go pull into a Walmart parking lot and sleep. So we get there and we pull into a Walmart parking lot and it's ten degrees and and it's cold. Like I was like, 
we got into bed. We just went straight to bed. We were exhausted and tired and grabbed something to eat. And I thought, oh, yeah, this will be another part of that adventure. And I'm always up for like, hey, yeah, let's do this. And I got in that bed and it was so cold. And this is a memory foam bed. And it was like frozen like a rock. <laughs> I was just like, I could not get comfortable. <laughs> I'm freezing. There's no heat blowing out of this. It's blowing. And I'm like, why isn't it blowing heat? The heater doesn't work. <laughs> I mean, I, we just didn't know. We'd never right. turned, turned it on before. Right. I mean, we tested to see if it would turn on, but we never waited for heat to come out. And it never did get warm. It was just blowing cold air. Oh. And Brenton was out and he was asleep. I'm like, I can't do this. I can't, I can't lay here all night and freeze. And I was just cold. I was like, we got to go get a hotel. We laid there for two hours. I'm like, I'm so cold. So I got onto Priceline trying to find something. And we found something, but we're driving in circles. And we end up getting stuck in a, at the university there. I don't remember what it's called, Nevada, whatever's in Reno. And we can't turn around because it's so long and we were in a one-way thing we didn't know trying to find a hotel. Oh, it was just messy no. like go, going near college campuses with a giant trailer is never a good idea <laughs> and anyhow at two in the morning we got into like a super eight motel i think it was it was right there on campus and it's the only one we could find because it was a holiday and there's just everything was full and reno all the people come to spend their money and gamble and but we found that one, and I have never been so grateful for a hot shower and a bed. Like, I was so cold. I was just cold to the bone. I couldn't warm up. And we probably could have slept in the truck and turned it on and been way more comfortable. But the hotel was, like, perfect. It was it was sketchy, and it was scary. And there, were, But we slept once we were out, and that was the other problem with parking at the hotel. We told the guy we have a 30-foot or a 40-foot trailer. We need to park it. There's no street parking, you know, is he's like, oh, just pull in here. And I'm like, no, that's really, it's going to scrap. Like it had one of those overhanging things, like old, hold it, old hotel. Where you could pull underneath through. it. Yeah. You wanted us to drive through there and come to the back of the parking lot. There's like, one on Chinon, yeah. I said, we can't back it out. And he's like, no, you just go park there. And I'm like, he was an Indian guy that didn't have very good English. It sounded like, but he, anyways, he, He's like, no, just do it. I'm like, okay. So we pulled it in. We're like, we're not going to be able to get this out tomorrow. And then he magically comes out in the morning and opens these gates. And we're like, there's an exit to this? <laughs> anyway, so we thought we were going to have to try to back out all the way around these two tight corners. Holy moly. But at that time of the night, we're just like, we're off the street. There's no, I mean, there was literally no place to park it. And it said RV parking. That was the other thing. We had to find a hotel with RV parking that had a bed open at two in the morning that would answer the phone and or book us in anyhow so it worked out we got out of there we got on the road and we started going and we were hoping that dad was getting in the car in and hadn't heard from him and I called and left message and then he eventually called and said yeah we got the car fixed I'm on the road or I'm gonna leave right now I'm like okay so we knew dad was coming and he'd be in 13 hours later you know behind us so we we made it through getting through you know, the Bay Area with the big trailer wasn't very fun either. But, you know, was once we got the hang of things and we found out, so we made it to the Donner Pass, that's, which is right after Reno. So it's mm -hmm. we didn't want to do that at night. That's the other reason we stopped, because of all the snow. Um, and the roads were good, but we didn't know what the pass would be like because they can say, oh, it's fine in Reno, 10 miles up the road, you're in trouble. Um, so that's the other reason we stopped there. But so we get there and... 
the only problem we had on Donner Pass, and I just felt like this great relief when we got up to the summit because I had feared it so much from the stories I told them. And this particular winter had like no snow up there, which is so weird because there's snow in Reno and there's like no snow on Donner Pass. And I just considered it like one of those blessings, one of those stones saying, you're okay. And some guy was signaling to us. So at the after the pass, he's like, your blinker's out. Somewhere we had pinched our our wiring to our blinker and one of our backups trying to get out of one of these places that we got stuck in, um, in Reno. So we didn't have a blinker. And so when we had our hazards on going up a hill, it looked like we were trying to get in. And so we're like, Oh, well, sorry. So we quit using the hazards cause it made people think yeah. we we're trying to signal. Everyone's like waiting. Yeah. And like, <laughs> we're like, waving they can't you see in. the truck lights. And you're like, so no, you go. Ahead. So anyways, I was just like, okay, well, it's good to know. And, I mean, like, obviously we don't care about that. We thought it was a fuse. It didn't, we didn't ever fix that because our intention was never move this thing after it got parked <laughs> again. So we made it to Morgan Hill. It was beautiful, sunny California weather, and it just felt good finally. That relief of getting there. And getting it parked lifted. and yeah. set. And, and you're we, like, and like, yeah. we had, the people were so kind. They came out in the little golf cart and they showed us how to back it in. We didn't even know how to do that. Cause we didn't, I mean, we tried, but failed miserably. Now Brenton knows a trick with the trailer. He knows how to do it. I mean, it took, took a little trying. And no, trial it's and so error. hard. Yeah. And the longer it just, we just didn't have it. <laughs> it was yeah, not totally. the right setup. Anyways, we got it in the, the parking space and we're like, okay, now what? I mean, we didn't know like how to hook up hoses. We didn't know about the, like really how you're supposed to use an RV. I had researched it, but I hadn't done it. So we hooked up our sewer hose. And what we didn't know is you want to fill up your toilet before you dump it. Like you don't want your toilet. Okay. So you have your black water and your gray water in a trailer, our camp trailer. And your gray water, you can leave flowing all the time because that's your sinks, just your sinks. And then your black is obviously your toilet. And, but your toilet, you want it to fill up. Otherwise, you'll have like toilet droppings stuck in your hose mm-hmm. and drying up or whatever. So we didn't know that. So somebody, there was so many kind souls you meet in the RV world. Like that was part of the coolest thing is meeting the people at that park we're like, okay, we, when we say we're newbie, like we've never even slept in our RV yet. Here we are. So well, you did for two hours. Yeah, we did. We took a nap <laughs> or I did not sleep. Brent didn't, didn't sleep. He stormed for a few minutes. So okay. then I was like, I'm out of here. So there was a man there. He was like a camp host. And what you can do when at these places to pay off some of your bill, you can work for them. And that's, oh. uh, I can't remember the term, but there's a term like dry docking or whatever, where you can work for a part of your stay basically so that you can sign up to do that ahead of time so this guy was from i think washington and he he was dry docking and hanging out there so he he showed us how to use our furnace he showed and we're like oh thank you and we didn't really need it right away but he talked us through everything i mean he went above and beyond and he was happy to do it because we were clueless and um, I mean, you can research it all you want, but until you're in there trying to get things to work and with the water heater that didn't work, but we just decided we would wait to replace that until we absolutely need to. So Brenton just used the showers at the RV park. And of course he didn't like hardly ever cook. So he wouldn't have hardly any dishes. (laughs) If he did, he washed them in cold water (laughs) and he didn't care because he's the only one there. But so he, Brenton lived in the RV park from January till April. And 
This is where the next thing is. I knew it wouldn't really be possible. They had rules about kids even. This is kind of like a retirement park. And they accepted him, but they weren't very accepting of a family. Right. Which, to them, they're getting their money. They don't care if... if they. It's kind of a disruption to have... Um, oh, thanks. To have kids, kids there. And they said we could bring our kids, but they weren't very welcoming. So... The next, how are we on time? I don't want to be. You can go as like, long as you want. doesn't okay. matter. We if, can cut things too. But. If you're tired of listening to Amber. <laughs> you can shut me off. Go ahead and shut it off and pick this back up tomorrow. Yeah. No, we got, we can talk as long as you want. It okay. doesn't matter. Well, there's, there's just certain things that had to occur for this to even yeah, let's happen. And yeah. a lot of it had to do with getting there and getting parked and, and finding our next place. So, um, I, I went to visit, oh, while Brenton was gone in February, he did come back, um, for Rocky's birthday, his first birthday, and we had a party. So he came home several times. Um, so that was one of the weekends, but even before Rocky's birthday, it was either right before or right after, I fell holding Rocky, running out to the bus to give something to the kids, and I broke my foot. And so here I was, I was home alone. I was supposed to stay off my foot with a one-year-old and a four-year-old and a, or a three-year-old and a five-year-old and, and prepare our house to pack and downsize everything to live in an RV. So it was, it was kind of a crazy time. So Brenton came home for a little bit to help me when I was supposed to be off my foot. That must've happened after Rocky's birthday. Cause, um, and then I went to California to find a place. And I've been looking on Craigslist. My main goal with this next piece was I wanted to be, like I said, somewhere where they could play outside. I didn't want to be in a mobile home park or an RV resort. Like shushing your kids all day. Yeah, or in like somebody's backyard that's really cramped or anything like that. I I wanted, I have very specific wants. I wanted to be on acreage. I wanted to be somewhere where my kids could literally run out the door and be safe. And... And I prayed a lot about it because I was like, I couldn't find anything. And I, and I was searching. And so I put an ad on Craigslist and I said, family, look, family moving into an RV, you know, with small children and want to live on your acreage. You know, I, I just put an ad out there and I get this reply from a woman and I had seen her ad, but, and it was in Gilroy, which is even farther south than Morgan Hill. So that would make Brenton's commute into San Jose an hour plus depending on um traffic and I was just like oh that's so far but I asked Brenda I said okay there's a place in Gilroy would you be open to that and Gilroy's not very far from where he's currently living and there's a train also he's like let's go see it so he drove out and saw the place and he's like yeah it might be good but I felt like it's funny because when the lady emailed me she's like I don't normally offer this to families because we don't want a lot of people coming and going but your kids are young and she wanted my phone number and she wanted to be my Facebook friend right away. And I was like, oh, I was a little intimidated. I was like, I don't want people to know my whole life. Right. But, and we did. We became Facebook friends. I'm like, hey, if, it, if this is what's going to take, I, I'll know her life too. You know, whatever. <laughs> I was just timid because I didn't know her. And, um, and after I talked to her on the phone, I felt like this is what we need to do. She, they had three acres. I think it was a, about three acres and we would be located in the back of their property. So their house would be up front 
and near the road and we'd be in the back of the property just down a lane basically and behind their shop um her husband is a builder and so we went and checked it out and i i just i knew once i spoke with her that this was an answer to our prayers and she said on the phone she's like i feel like you're an answer to our prayers and for her to say that i was like okay. <laughs> and that's how my father's saying it's okay. You know, somebody that has faith or whatever. And, and I don't know how she said it exactly, but her name was Robin and Phil is the husband and they had two adult children that also lived at home. But we, um, so we went out and met them when I visited in March and, you know, signed a, a, um, a lease, just kind of like a month to month kind of thing, our agreement. And, and, this was even a little bit cheaper, not much, you know, I think it was about nine, I think we paid 900 a month plus our, our like electricity and other utilities, but they covered water, uh, and sewage was obviously just draining it <laughs> but mm-hmm. into their septic system. Um, but it, it just felt right. Like being out in the country. And, um, when we actually moved the RV in April, when we all came down, you know, Phil hooked it up to his skidster and just backed it right in, you awesome. know, because you can make good angles with those and right against the place. And we were under a big old shady tree and it was just, it was just a beautiful place. Um, Gilroy, like if you ever go visit, they have Gilroy Gardens. It's just a fun little place. It's out in the country. Uh, within the city, there's some shady areas and it's kind of like, they're scary. Like some of the parks, you just shouldn't take your kids and I'd go anyways, but you know, we found like needles and stuff, just not safe, but everything else about it was just perfect. Like being out in the country was, what was it? Was it like, um, was there like lots of trees on the property? Was it like, yeah, when you walked up to their property, they kind of had like not foresty trees, but like grovey trees out front. Mm -hmm. So that stood between them and the road. Mm -hmm. And then the gravel lane to the back of the property, um, there was just big eucalyptus trees, and I don't remember what kind of tree we were under, but it was just a big shade tree. Oh, nice. Just right over the RV. So we had wow, that, this giant that tree right there. Yeah, he just backed it right in between the tree and, and the building. So we... Cool. And, um, like, so out our front door, we could see, like, you know, a white farm fence and then another farm, basically. It was a farmland, but it was trees and green, and, and they... They did have, I mean, it gets super hot in the summer, but, um, and their son rode motorcycles. So they had kind of like a motorcycle course. And when there was a lot of rain, a stream would go through the property. Um, excuse me. And we didn't ever see that except for in the winter when it just like downpoured and we had a whole lake out our front door basically. But, um, yeah, the Robin and Phil were wonderful. Like they were just loving towards us the whole time and I worried because Rocky would wake up in the middle of the night and have night terrors and scream for an hour at a time and there was no sound barrier Um, I mean we're talking the thickness of our walls is probably two inches as thick as a frame of a sliding glass door that's as thick as the walls were Um, you know very simple construction on these things but we're far enough away that I didn't feel like I know if they're out there they'd hear everything but you know and they did hear Rocky a few times when he'd scream in the middle of the night and we couldn't do anything. And he didn't even know. He'd wake up happy. You know, he just didn't know that he would do this. Um, so, yeah, I don't even know where I pick up. Where's, 
That's fine. We were talking so about we were talking about the property, and you guys were all set, and you moved. So, like, did you fly out there with the kids, and then you guys moved the RV, and you were you were there? Like, we were we stayed in the RV park for a week before we moved to the property. But you guys had moved out, and you were bags are packed. You guys are there now. Yeah, and you how and the, kids. the process of that is Brenton flew back. Okay. So we left his car there, and we were going to bring back the van and the excursion. Because um, I ended up driving that back to Boise. That was another crazy thing. I mean, I could so tell instead you of flying, So instead stories. of flying home, you drove the excursion home? I drove home the excursion home Because you couldn't have two cars in the park. Yeah, we couldn't have two cars okay. in the park without paying like 100 bucks more a month. Just And we didn't want to do that. It just it didn't make sense to have two cars there. Okay. So... Part of that story with dad driving the car down. Um, so that night, rewind back to our getting there the first night in January. Um, we I kept calling dad and I couldn't get a hold of him. Ring, 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 nothing. And I ended up calling, I think I called Richard even because he's like our middleman. And, you know, did he leave? Yeah, he's out. He's gone. I'm like, okay. Um, and... So I finally, about 8 o'clock at night, because we should have been expecting him around 8 or 9, I finally get a phone call. And it was a collect call. He had forgotten his phone. Dad was in such a rush to get out the door, he didn't bring his walking stick. This is back when he could walk a little better, but he always had his walking sticks. He forgot his food. He had a lunch prepared. He forgot his cell phone. He had his wallet, and we'd give him a credit card to use for whatever he wanted, if he wanted a hotel or whatever, right? but he didn't have his phone. And so he didn't have any phone numbers to call us or anything. So finally he realized he had the service papers from the, from the, um, the place where from he picked the up the car from yeah. the mechanic. Yeah. So he noticed our phone number on there. So finally he could call us. He didn't have anybody's phone number to call how, us. He's just driving. How far was he before he figured he this out? He called us you in know? Sacramento. So he'd been driving for 10 hours or 11 hours. <laughs> Holy and we knew he cow. left because he said he was leaving, but he forgot his phone at home. So he ends up in Sacramento. So he's in Sacramento your... calling us. Wow. Collect. He's like, I'm in Sacramento, but I can't see. And I'm like, this is my first indication that dad had diabetes. And I'm like, what do you mean you can't see? I'm like, he's like, oh, yeah, the sun's in my eyes. He's like, I can't read the signs. I'm like, what? I think his blood sugar was low. And dad, if you're listening, I think I've known since then that you were diabetic for sure. <laughs> but anyways, I'm like, I think he's kind of. He didn't seem super coherent, but I'm like, I was starting to worry. I'm like, where? Okay, you're in Sacramento. I said, drive into San Jose. We will meet you somewhere and we'll pick you up in San Jose. We'll just, so you don't have to worry about getting here because that's another 45 minutes. I said, I'll head out. I will meet you. And this is our third time to San Jose that day because I went to the airport to fly home, but then I didn't end up flying home because dad, I don't know what happened, but I didn't fly home and... There and I lost my license and, and just lost the I lost it in the airport. <laughs> just crazy things happened that day. But so I told Dad we meet him there, and I said you're about this far out. We'll meet you. Um, I gave him an area. I was like, call us again when you get into San Jose. And he was confused in Sacramento. So I was like, is he on the right freeway? And we're starting to get worried because we hadn't heard from him for another two hours, and we're just wait driving around in San Jose, you know, trying to find him. And he calls us again. He's like, yeah, I'm by such and such a building, like an HP building or something. I'm like, okay, I know where that's at. We found it on our phones, went there. He said he was at like at a 
Circle here, Chevron, some type of gas station. And we went to everyone in the area. We're pulling up on our phone. Have you seen the man here that borrowed your phone? Because he borrowed a phone at one of these places. And nobody knew who he was. And we're starting to get nervous. We were this close to call the cops. We're like, where is dad? We cannot find him. This is crazy. Was, and we were just like, we had, I'm like, I was getting really concerned. Because I'm like, we knew the car. We knew the license plate number. We're like putting a search out for this car. And this guy driving in, and nobody had seen him. And we were knew we were within a mile because you know, certain area, that campus was only so big. I can't remember if it was HP or some some place that was central. And he had been there, and turns out he went to a different convenience store that we didn't find. And I don't know if he got the name right or whatever. But we we're starting to get worried because it didn't make sense that we had no way to contact him. I don't know how we found him. But he, we did find, he left to go to the bathroom somewhere. So he was there, but he left. And so we just missed each other. And we had gone searching everywhere. And I was like, please just go back to where you told us you'd be. And eventually he did. And by then it was, I don't know, 10 or 11 o'clock at night. So it had been several hours. And we, we were just like blown away. We're like, get in the car. I'll drive you back. Rest. You know, we got him some food. And he, and he didn't like buy any food or he didn't want to stop. He was like. We're like, we gave you that, and I think we gave him cash too. We're like, we gave you that for a reason so you could take care of yourself. <laughs> but he was just determined to get there, and, He's very and he was determined. in such a hurry that he forgot his phone <laughs> and his food. And he was like eating popcorn or something, so he ate something. But I'm like, you need like food anyway. So we got him back, and he was so tired that we just were like, do you want us to pull out the bed? Like, the it has a sofa bed. You know, you could pull out. Do you want us to pull that out? He's like, oh, no, I'll just sit here. Like, set. He was too tall for our sofa, like, in the RV. So he slept, like, sitting up. <laughs> and he was so tired, he just slept. And I was like, I felt really bad because, but we found him. <laughs> and, and he and I drove back home to Idaho the next day. But I was really worried. We were minutes away from calling the police to ask for help. I mean, because wow. we truly lost dad in California. <laughs> Couldn't find him. He wasn't worried. I'm like, yeah, you weren't worried. You <laughs> he just kept, he called us collect, I think, three times. And when we got our bills, like 40 bucks. I mean, these two-minute phone calls. <laughs> these crazy amounts. But anyways, so we were really grateful that he helped us. But I felt really bad that <laughs> it was such a crazy thing, you know, just getting wow. us there and everything. That is crazy. So... I don't know. You might have to break it up into two podcasts. But we, um, so getting our family there in April was kind of also the same crazy thing. So we last minute decided to buy an enclosed cargo trailer, kind of like the one you have sitting out there. You know, it was a six by 12, I think. So pretty good size little cargo trailer. But like, we've got the truck. We have the space at the acreage. They said it's okay for us to bring a trailer I'm like, we can use that as our little storage space. Yeah. So last minute, we were, we bought that like two days before we were leaving. So that changed tons of things we brought that we didn't need. I mean, I had the mindset of I'm only bringing what we need. And by the time it came down to even just getting our clothes and toys and all that stuff, I'm like, our vehicle is going to be packed. I mean, you know, if you think about all your kids' clothes... Plus all of their, and I had downsized, but at the same time, I'm like, let's just make it easy on ourselves. Let's just go buy a trailer. And we did. And we were going to use like a U-Haul trailer, but there were so many stipulations between state lines 
And so we were just like, forget it. We'll just go buy one. So we just went and bought one for like $2,000 from somebody. And last minute, we were packing things that we wouldn't have brought. We would have just stored. And so that brought a lot of stress. We brought way more stuff than we actually needed. And and so some things, yeah, we're like, oh, that's great to have. But it just kind of sometimes creates more chaos to have more than you need. And so that... I mean, it turned out fine, but that last minute of trying to clean and pack up and get out and everything, and we were planning on cleaning and packing and moving out of our house and then getting to California um, the same day we moved out, which was just plain stupid. But we were so tired after we finished cleaning our house, and it still needed more cleaning. And I had a friend that, like, my friend Erin, like, she showed up, and she's like, you guys need help. we're like... We thought we could take care of it, but she called missionaries. We had three or four sets of missionaries. She called people in our ward. She just packed them in, and I was like, thank you. And so we finally got everything ready, and we're getting ready to go, and Brendan's like, where's the keys? I'm like, what do you mean, where's the keys? He's like, keys to the excursion. We only have one set of keys. Bought at auction. They don't give you lots of keys, usually. So we get in our car, and can't find the keys anywhere. And people helped us move things out the last few things. So I... I mean, we're sitting there, I'm like, well, we can't go without the keys to this because we just can't go. And and so we said a prayer. I'm like, Heavenly Father, we don't know where the keys are. We had them, now they're gone. And and like, like a vision, I saw them in my head drop into a bag of plastic bags. And I'm like, okay. I went to the back of my van where I'd thrown last minute, you know, your bag full of plastic bags that keep for garbage I was bringing them to California because they don't have plastic bags in California anyways I'd thrown it in the back of the van and somebody that helped me take it out they fell off a a surface into that bag of plastic bags I didn't know that but she packed it into my car they were in the bottom of the bag of plastic bags and thankfully the Lord sent that vision to my mind because because we were too tired to even want to think about anything else or call on the locksmith or anything like that so we went, his parents were watching our kids and they were going to drive with us to California just to help us. That's kind of what they do with, for their kids. They move with them. And my mother-in-law insisted on taking all the kids so I could just have peace and quiet. I'm like, oh, that's really kind and all. We're driving through Reno. We took a nap because I was like, this is just ridiculous. So we were going to drive just to Winnemucca. And we were driving through Nevada and it's dark out and my I'm following my mother-in-law, and Brenton's way behind us. We're just like, he'll, he said, I'll catch up when I can get there because he's pulling the trailer at the excursion. And they're in their minivan, and all of a sudden I see a deer dart out right in front of my mother-in-law. And I'm just, you know, car length behind her. And I know my kids are in there, and a deer runs right in the street and looks in her headlights and then turns around. And I'm like, that was the weirdest thing I've ever seen. I mean, I've seen deer do that before where they run off. But she pulls over another mile down the road when there's like a spare place to pull over. And she's like, did you see that? She's like, did you see me hit the deer? I'm like, no, I saw it run off. She's like, no, I hit it. I'm like, oh. And and then I found out none of my kids were buckled in. Or they, and I'm like, because Rocky wouldn't stop crying the whole way. And I'm like, you should have given them back to me. I felt so bad. But they were trying to be helpful and give me a break. And... Anyway, so we were very blessed that we didn't, you know, I just saw that as another miracle that they didn't have a big accident because Rocky was being held in the backseat by my father-in-law. 
to keep him from screaming because that's what we did every drive between California and Iowa Green the whole way. Anyway, we saw it like I think it could have been a mountain lion on the road that night. It was big cat something on the road on the side of the road, and I'd never seen that. And I don't know what it was, but it was big. but we got, we made it there and it was all good. But I was just felt so grateful that they didn't have an accident because of the deer, <laughs> and they must have just grazed her um, her mirror because it bopped it enough it ran the other direction. <laughs> but yeah, we were we were blessed because I know sometimes hitting those animals can be really bad. Yeah. But um, yeah, when it. I haven't hardly talked about living in the RV. Do you want to hear anything about that? Yeah, yeah. So, uh, is what this are, boring or is this... No, this, no, this is very interesting. So, tell me, how long were you living at... Let's let's give this a timeline. How long okay. were you living out at their property? We lived there from April to February. So, not even a year. So, ten, nine or ten months. Before you left. Before, before we left. Before California. you left. Yeah. And our goal was to live in the RV for two years. Okay. And Brenton's job wasn't working out. So we started looking for another job. And that's when we... And, and it was rough. Like, there were some rough things about the RV. Like, um, and did you want to know any more about the timeline before I... So not even... So... Okay, so he was there. He was so basically from you guys were in California. He was in California from January to April, and you guys were in that other property April from April to, to February. February. Yeah, so we so didn't this stay whole thing months. happened over about thirteen months. Is what yes. we're talking about? Yeah, okay. the whole period of time. Brendan was in it for a year, but he did travel, and sometimes he worked in San Francisco, and they get him a hotel because it was about two hours to commute. Um, and that just made it easier on them. You could work more hours if they put them up in a hotel and that's what they do. They work you, <laughs> they work you as much as they can work you. Um, so I kind of try to think of the best things about living in the RV and then I kind of came up with some of the worst things. Yeah. Let's talk so about them. we'll start with the best things. So my favorite <laughs> things were, it was to simplify your life. I loved that. I loved like, you know, only having like five plates. And then you use them and you wash them and you put them away. I love that. And, um, and of course, I messed up that plan a little bit by bringing the, the trailer and bringing more stuff. Um, but, you know, that was nice to have those other things. And so I love the simple, simplicity of things. And, like, just, you know, there wasn't a lot of choices of what to do. So we spent time outside all the time. And, you know, in October, from that that year between August and October, we were triple digits in that area. It was hot. And um, not all the time. And it did cool down at night. It's like Idaho where it gets nice at night, mostly. But there was one Sunday, I was just like, I think it was almost October. So it was we'd had many months of heat. And it was just hot and miserable. And it, we had air conditioning, but it... Um, so we just said, let's go to the beach. We we drove to Santa Cruz. That was only about 40 minutes away. And it was only 70 degrees there. I'm like, I need to be doing this every day. <laughs> I need yeah. to be getting in the car and going to the beach. Oh, yeah. But the kids were back in school, so we didn't get to do that. But um, So I love the weather and uh, and just the sheer adventure of it. Like, you know, there's two people, two types of people that live in an RV. There's one that do it out of necessity for cost of living and those who do it to travel. Well, this was purely out of necessity. 
um, and to be have affordable living. Someday we would like to have an RV as a outlet, as a fun way, and, and we will someday. And and it's not like we're not in any rush to go live in an RV again. But we we definitely have like stipulations. If we lived in one, it would be a fifth wheel rather than a bumper pull trailer. Um, so one of the other best things was just living in the country, like Sterling. That is the perfect place for all of our kids, but especially Sterling, because he was three years old and still kind of nonverbal and a runner. You know, he would run off. And so being there, I felt like he was safe. He could only go so far. Yeah, he could go to the street, but he there's so many other things to see or um, there were there were things to watch or do or, you know, and it was just nature, you know, and um, it just made it like... I don't know. It was just exactly what I'd asked for. And I just felt like it was one of those blessings that we were blessed with to have a place where we go sit under the tree and we got a bunny there and the kids would go play with the bunny. And it just was, and I, I planted a garden. That was one of my other favorite things. I bought some cedar fencing and made a little garden bed and the kids loved it. They helped me do every step of the way. They put it together. They helped plant the seeds. They watched them grow. And it, was, and it just was fun. And, and you can plant a garden there between I don't know, March and almost the whole year. We planted it, I think, for Memorial Day, and it went through November without before things started dying off, and that was mostly just because of the heat. Um, you know, the beach was close. I love that. We didn't go a ton, but I knew it was there, and it was just over the mountain, and it, you could just feel the vibe even so though you like were there. So like 45 minutes of good yeah, traffic. Yeah, about 45 minutes. That's awesome. Yeah, I mean, it's not very often that you can just – hop in the car and go and and even though we couldn't do it often just to know that i could i i just love that it's pretty cool yeah. yeah i love i love that piece um and i had set up our kitchen like something i also liked about the rv is i never once turned on the oven i didn't i was scared of it <laughs> and so i never tried it was probably fine i told the people that bought it from us i was like I don't know if the oven works because I never used it. <laughs> you never used the oven I never used once. The, I, we bought a toaster oven, kind of like the largest okay. size toaster oven. I just okay. set it outside on a on a shelf. Okay. And when I would cook, I did it out there. I did it outside because I didn't want to heat up things. Cooking. Yeah, so yeah. I, I cooked on our little... Um, and I used a hot plate usually. I didn't. I just didn't want to use propane. I, I just worried that something could happen, sure. you know, I didn't want to blow up the place. So <laughs> I used the heater a few times, you know, when it got cold, but I just, I don't know why I, I, I thought this would just be easier. So I use like a skillet, a electric skillet a lot of times, but it made me cook outside too. And that, that way we bought a plastic, um, picnic table and we just ate outside. A lot of times it was cluttered inside. So it just felt better to be outside and it felt cooler in the evening. Mm -hmm. Um, but we, we lived outside. I mean, we slept inside, but honestly we spent, we'd go take our books outside. We'd be playing outside. We, it's just what we did. We had a hammock. The kids would go play over there on the hammock or, or they watched the neighbors, um, ride their motorcycles on the dirt hills and Sterling could sit there and just, he loved it when they did that and they didn't do it frequently, but enough when they did, it was just like the best thing ever to go out and watch the boy, the big boys on the motorcycles. And, um, and we went to the library a lot like that, except their library, very strict. <laughs> they were kind of mean. They, 
Garden City Library, the theme is not a quiet library. Well, Gilroy Library, quiet library. <laughs> they don't like the noise from the children. <laughs> and, and that was a little challenging. We got kicked out a few times, but we kept coming back. <laughs> they couldn't do anything. So the lady, she, yeah. So the librarian literally kicked you guys out? So yeah, she asked you us need, to leave at least leave. twice. Yeah. Your kids are too noisy. <laughs> like, they're kids. I've never heard of and getting kicked out of a library. It's challenging enough at that age that oh, keeping man. him quiet was like near impossible. And keeping him from running, that was the other thing. No running in the library. <laughs> and I'm like, sorry, we're back. <laughs> so, yeah. That's pretty funny. Yeah, and my friend's like, don't sorry, worry. Not sorry. It's not just you. I've been kicked out too. And they try to make me feel better. Because <laughs> I'd like meet them there. They're like, don't worry. And I'm like, well... I'll keep coming back. <laughs> yeah, I I got to a point I'm like, let's just not go to the library anymore. But they always kept it really cool in there. So between families that wanted to cool off and homeless people, you know, at the library. But it was still a good option. Um, I know there was more good things, but those are some of the highlights that came to my mind. And some of the hardest things about living in the RV, I think Brenton could probably point out a few more things that I'll have to say, but... One of the things we had planned to put it up on blocks, like concrete blocks, so it wouldn't move so much. But because it was such a long thing, it was kind of bouncy. So if the kids even moved in their bed on one side of the RV, we could fill it on our side of the RV. Because it just kind of like worked as a teeter-totter sort of. Wow. So, and it... And you know how my kids are. They don't stand still. So if they're bouncing around and going and bouncing and sterling, especially when he was little... That thing was always moving, and it was just kind of like, I think it kind of... You guys are on like a ship. That's how it felt. Wow. <laughs> it felt like we were, we were on movement, and, you know, yeah, it was more like a boat than <laughs> land <laughs> the yacht. And so that was, that was challenging, and because it was bumper pull, it had lower ceilings. Like, I could touch the ceiling, and I'm only 5'3", so it was, it, you, it was small, and Brenton felt like it was kind of claustrophobic in there because he was taller than me. And just the sheer fact of having five people in a small living space presented, you know, the regular problems of where do you put the laundry basket? Um, I bought a small washer and dryer, kind of like put four shirts in, tiny washer and dryer, um, before we left. And I left it with Brenton. He didn't use it. He just used a laundromat. And it really wasn't realistic for me to do laundry in that. So I asked this family, um, I'm like, would you be okay if I jerry-rigged our washer and dryer and brought them with us? And since he's a builder, he had his electrician come out and change one of the outlets so we could just plug in our dryer. And that was the best thing. That needs to go on one of the best thing lists. So we brought our washer and dryer and just parked it right behind the RV between their shop. And I made pipes you know, we bought pipes and we just made this connection. So it went into the gray water and I also would drain it into a big garbage can. I designed this thing to reuse the water to water my garden. So all of our garden plants were rewatered with gray water from our washer. I mean, so <laughs> I was going, I was going kind of like off British yeah. with a washer and dryer. No, yeah. but that was the best thing to have a washer and dryer. How did, how did you, was it under like a covered area or kind of the overhang of their, their shop, you know, just, you know how you're, it was just enough, it was just enough to keep it, it got wet, um, and the one funny story, the whole time we lived in the RV, in the middle of the field, we never had any critters, 
get in the RV. A few bugs, but, you know, they probably walked in the door when we left it open. But we never had any, there was, you know, lots of animals out there. Um, we There's always coyotes you could hear, skunks, you know, lizards, rabbits, just lots of stuff out in the fields. But we never had any bugs. Well, we moved to Indiana next, and one day we're in the living room in Indiana, and Daisy's like, there's a snake in our house. I'm like, what? And come to find out there was a lizard. It was probably about eight inches long in our living room that was yellow. And it's the same kind of lizard you'd see in California. We think, because <laughs> later when I moved the washer cleaning or something, maybe when we were moving again, I saw like the shedded skin of a lizard behind our washer. So we brought a, wa- a lizard all the way from California, <laughs> set it free in green Indiana. I don't think mm. it probably survived very long, but... Anyways, now so, they have a huge lizard population. They out there. might, Thanks as long as they can reproduce with one. But yeah, we brought a lizard all the way from California to Indiana. I'm almost 100% certain because our washer dryer was outside, and that's where I found the carcass dried up skin. That's crazy. But, so, um, yeah. The, so I'll just finish my little list of some of the worst things about living in an RV. But no place to run inside, you know, just very small. Um, no sound barrier. So the neighbors, even though their house is quite far, if they're in the yard, they're going to hear us being noisy. Um, and in the trailer park, that was rough. That one week I was like, Oh, I had anxiety the whole week because our kids are noisy. And, and these are not like a mobile home park where you have a buffer between there's literally two or three feet between each bump out, you know? So you are as close as you possibly can be to a neighbor. Wow. Um, and let's see, we did have some situation. I mean, we had lots of mechanical things that we had to learn to deal with. Um, and just the whole how to learn with an RV system. It's not that big a deal, but living in it full time is a little bit different than going camping. Totally. Um, so mom came to visit us in October. So right before Halloween, she came to visit us and we let her sleep. And I know for my mom, that was a big stretch to come stay in the RV. She, she has spatial things, you know, like anyways, like live, it's, it's such a tight space that I knew it'd be kind of an uncomfortable place to have visitors. And, but she said she'd be willing to stay there. So we gave her our bed and we slept on the height of bed, Brenton and I, just so if we had to deal with the kids, we wouldn't have to crawl over the height of bed to get to their room. Um, cause you can't do both. It's like one or the other, have it out or in. Um, so, and I'm glad we did sleep there cause we had had some trouble with some leaking, uh, and right by our slide where the couch was and we hadn't had any rain. I mean, it'd been that hot, hot weather. So we didn't know there was leaking problems until that time that mom came and we're sleeping there on the highway, and all of a sudden, like, drip, drip, drip on my face. So I'm like, oh, my gosh, we're leaking. We're taking in water. <laughs> and I was well, it like. Is a, it is a boat. I, and that's how it felt. I mean, and literally, that those storms were so big oh sometimes that it just flooded a whole. It was, we had a pathway to our car, and that's about it. I mean, it, wow. it had gravel, and it would go away. But there, if it kept raining, it didn't drain off very quickly. Wow. But. Um, anyways, I was so glad that we were sleeping there. Mom wasn't, I would have been really felt bad if she got dripped on all night and it took us a long time. We couldn't ever figure out that leak until, cause it would stop raining, you know, and then we'd try to fix it and then it would rain again and leak again. So that was like our nemesis. And finally we found, we just need to recalk the whole thing. The caulking just 
got old and dry and created leaks, but it would leak in a different spot because the way we were sitting, it would run to an area. So we were caulking the totally wrong area. So once we got that figured out, it was fine and we were dried in for the rest of the winter. But that was really frustrating <laughs> because we kept trying to fix it and kept trying to fix it. And we thought it was fixed and it would quit raining and then it would leak again. And and another challenge of being in an RV is mold. Like because it's a tight space and lots of bodies in our case, we ended up buying a dehumidifier, which you'd never need to use in Idaho, I swear, because it's so dry. But we would run it in our bedroom and the bathroom area and it was just a tiny one we got off Amazon but it would fill up a two cup reservoir within an hour or two just from our bodies you know from breathing and all that when it was cold enough out wow so we would just run it and I'd dump it out and that kept it from drying up but like cornered spaces like in the back of my closet we I found we got mold back there so I just wow. ended up throwing away some clothes just because the condensation of the warm cold and yeah that's a pretty common problem within RVs if you live in them full time. And because they're just not made for that. And if it gets cold at all. And we had some cold nights. We used the heater through the winter. It, the crazy thing about the Bay Area is it's very temperate, but even it still got freezing. We got close to freezing for a month or so. or And it felt cold enough that we wore coats and stuff. And we didn't know it would get that cold. And it was fine, but we just, you know, it creates more problems and that type of space where it doesn't breathe the same as a house or it's not as warm bodies are creating that moisture. And, and since then I've learned, you know, or I followed other RV pages and I see, Oh, we're having a problem with mold. And I'm like, Oh yeah. <laughs> In fact, I like bleached everything when we sold them. Like, Oh, bleach, bleach, bleach. Right. No mold here. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah. And how we ended our adventures, we got the job in Indiana and Brenton, um, so he got a new position in Indiana, and we had a kind of month buffer between leaving and starting there. So we kind of just took our time. And all sorts of stuff occurred with that, too. But our main objective was to not tow the RV again. Like, Brenton's like, I'm not even So you wanted it to sell property. it and have somebody pull it yeah, off of that property. Yeah, that was our goal. And you guys are done. Yeah, and, okay. and we found a buyer. And the nice thing about selling it in California and buying it in Idaho, well, the market in California, obviously, is very different than Idaho. Yeah. Even though RV, we were able to, I wouldn't say we made money. We sold it for 14000 and we put oh. a few thousand into it. So we came away on top. That's good, yeah. Yeah, so we came I thought, away. I thought at the end of this story, I I for sure thought you were losing three to $4,000. No, You because, guys did good. Yeah, well, and they tried to talk us down. I was like, nope. Nope. I mean, we had several people that were interested and I was just like, I'm getting every penny back, dang it. <laughs> because, well, good. And because I knew what the value was. Because yeah. other things, you couldn't find any. And honestly, for us to get it for 11000 for that square footage <laughs> um, for a trailer, it was really good. I mean, so all, I knew that all those little things that we had to put into it, it was okay. It just... You know, you never want to spend more than... Of course. Or when you think you already have it and you don't, that's yeah. always discouraging. But... Yeah, so I think I added it up once, and I have it written down because I kept pretty tight, you know, reins on everything, what it costs and all that, and that's all on a computer that I don't have access to right now. But um, so we were about about twelve fifty into it and sold it for fourteen thousand. So we made money on it. <laughs> that's good. Yeah, uh, 
It was an investment. We didn't even know it. <laughs> <laughs> and all the money we saved. I mean, there's just no way we could have lived in California and afforded you could, rent. Yeah, you couldn't have done I it. I mean, we just didn't, we couldn't have even had an apartment. We right. just couldn't afford it. So right. it just made it a way that super affordable. So so what did you do? Did you stay in a hotel or something while you guys were cleaning it out and getting it ready to put on the market? Or did you sell it uh, while you were living in it? <laughs> no, we lived in it. And so I have lots of people interested and I said, you need to understand we live in this full time and I have, I mean, so, so they need, not... they need to buy it and then you guys clean it out. So we had a wow. committed buyer that, that got a little kind of scary too at the end, just going, okay, we need another miracle to happen. Cause we were trying, we were almost to the point of, we need to leave Right. And we didn't have a buyer yet. I had lots of interest and calls and promises. Oh, yeah, I'll be there. And not sh- no shows. Right. And um, and so when it came down to it, we like we couldn't move out because we didn't have any place to go. But we did have that 6x12 trailer. So what we did is we had to kind of downsize everything to fit in that 6x12 trailer and the excursion. And because we had accumulated things over time. So I... And... So I just had to do another dehorning again. And thankfully, our landlords were very kind and let us, like, do it all out there on the field. You know, we just sorted and had a mountain of mess. And we're, they're like, it's never going to fit. I'm like, Brendan's like, it's going to fit. And he knows how to pack. So He does. And he did make everything that we needed to take with us fit. And I left things like we sold our bunny because it just didn't make sense to go across the country <laughs> and on the road a month. It just was not. Take the what, bunny. Yeah. And, and so yeah. we found a new home for the bunny and, but we left several things and had a friend from the ward say they were going to come pick up and take, I mean, it was probably two truckloads to the, because we bought like outside furniture and, you know, little cages for the stuff for the bunny and just, we accumulated stuff <laughs> And even in that short amount of time, because we had the space to do it, if we were in a different place, it wouldn't have happened that way. But so thankfully I had friends that could come and haul off the rest of the stuff, but we fit everything in that six by 12 trailer and then headed back this direction. And so when it came to selling it. So wait, did you have a storage unit back here in Boise? On our property, our, our, Okay. Other camper trailer is a storage. Yes. So but, we had a, some stored here. But pretty much everything that you own fit inside that little garage and... Not even in the garage. Just in our oh, trailer. Oh, because you had a trailer. Yeah, trailer. You had a camp yeah. trailer at your house. Wow, that's not very much stuff you guys got. No, we got rid of all of our furniture. Yeah, you whittled it down in fact, quite a bit. In fact, the person that bought the RV, I said the bed, the queen bed doesn't come with it or the shelves because we use like Ikea type shelves. Mm-hmm. And I said, we need to take that with us. And she's like, please. And I'm like, you got to understand this is the only piece of furniture I own. <laughs> and I, was, I just couldn't let it go. <laughs> I was like, it's my bed. <laughs> and she really wanted it. I'm like, you can get it on Amazon. It's a couple hundred bucks. <laughs> but she was funny. She, I don't know why. Cause she liked the setup, how we had it. And yeah. I said, well, sorry. Even last minute we're pulling off up the bed, the bed. She spoke Spanish. And I was like, nope. <laughs> you paid your money you don't get my bag I, it was silly but I was like I need I need something to take with us right. so, and we loaned out a lot of stuff like Alicia had our original king bed and for we gave them our freezer and right. consoles and just stuff but we took two loads when we left initially to the auction and actually came out pretty good we got I don't know 1100 bucks check 
considering that seemed pretty good for stuff at an auction. A lot of times that does stuff seem good. Sell. So tell me how it felt when you did you watch them pull the trailer off? Did yeah, you watch we, it drive away? They wouldn't haul it off themselves. And then last minute, like they just wouldn't do anything about it. And Brenton's like, I'm not. And they're like, you need to drive it. And we're like, we're, that was not our agreement. Like drive it to them. Yeah. They wanted us to deliver it to their spot. And Brenton's okay. like, I will not. And so we hired a company. We paid about 200 bucks. So that oh, had to come out of our profits. But we hired a company, $200 to haul it five miles away. You know, a tow truck company. Oh, so somebody came and got it. Okay. Yeah. So we hired a company. And so the, and Brenton, like for him, that was the biggest relief ever to not have to tow it again to and he done. i have it on video he's like cheering and just like as it as it's <laughs> as it's going away <laughs> so excited i mean <laughs> for him it was the hardest thing me and the kids it was just a fun adventure for him it was a hard thing to be to deal with the movement in it and to to tow it like he was scared to tow it again. Yeah, yeah. i mean even going from morgan hoyle to gilroy was like unnerving because we just didn't want to do it again. Right. And Phil, thankfully, was so great to just pull it in for us once we got there. It was dark, and he still did it in the dark for us and all that, but they were really good landlords to us. But, um, yeah, so once we paid the tow truck driver, it was off. It was their responsibility. You, he had to go fit it in the next trailer spot at some trailer park in Gilroy. Oh, but, I'm sure it took him, like, five minutes. Those, oh, I'm those sure. Guys. So... You literally took a video of Brenton as it, oh, yes. and, and you filmed it. <laughs> filmed it leaving, yes. I'm like, this chapter is closed. And you know what? All right. And so... we still hadn't even finished packing the other stuff. We still had a mountain stuff. I mean, I literally was throwing stuff out of the RV, like, as, as, as they pulled up because it just <laughs> took, you know, like, you forget takes... to empty this closet or, you know, just stuff. And, and they, they didn't have to wait long. It was empty before the tow truck guy got there, but they showed up early. I was like, no, I'm not done. I'm still okay, scrubbing. So... After we release this and everyone listens to it, I want you to post on our family site that video. Oh, really? <laughs> I want I want to see that video if you can find it. I can. I just yeah, it's somewhere. But like he or put together a collage of pictures because now I want to I want to see this all again now that I've lived through it through everything oh, yeah. you've said. Well, there's you know all these funny memories come up of all the things that occurred. Yeah, like, and we, while we lived there, we had a couple holidays, like Thanksgiving and Christmas. So Thanksgiving, we took the kids to Las Vegas, because we're oh, like, yeah. there's no reason to stay in an RV when... Right. And, you know, we had to deal with California traffic, but it was really fun to just go do that adventure. And Christmas, we went to... we Christmas morning, we spent at the RV, and that was... It was a fun, special Christmas. Like, they'll never forget it. At least, I'll never forget it. They probably already have, because they were little, but... It was just the simplest Christmas ever. They each got a main present and then a stocking, and we've kind of kept that tradition. Like, we don't go crazy on Christmas because we still live simple it. right now. But, right, right. Um, yeah, so that was fun. We went to San Francisco that evening and spent a few days there. And so just because we live simple, we could pack up and just leave, and it that was really fun. and That's cool. And we still kind of had that mantra a little bit because we live in a small space that we spend time, you know, when we can to go do something else somewhere else just to get us out of that small space. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but 
Yeah. Any other questions? I know I've kind of gone off and lots of stuff. Or... It's been fantastic, really. Yeah. So just my last question is, okay. I want you to tell me two or three of the biggest lessons that you learned from this experience, and then we'll, we'll cap this off. This will be done. Yeah. I think the biggest thing I drew from this for our whole family and for like our life forward is that when you have a challenge placed before you, like ours has been kind of like a, I don't know how to put it, but just a bad experience with unemployment. Like we've had this happen reoccurring and right. and we're trying something new now, but to have a plan and you create that plan and then have complete faith that Heavenly Father will pull all the loose ends together. Cause I can't even count how many miracles took place during since then. And I feel like that, I mean, that is the greatest thing. It taught me that even when it's really hard and you don't want to put the next foot forward to just come up with something crazy and make it happen, you know, and we never dreamed we'd be back in Idaho at our little house again. And it led us to that path again. And, and it's crazy because we believed that Indiana was going to be like our permanent home and be in the Midwest. And we really believed that there was a reason we were led way out there, you know, to go 2000 miles and, uh, or more than that from California, 2,500 miles. And, only to come back again. That was a hard, hard thing. Like coming back to Idaho for me, for Brenton, it was a little easier because it was familiar. But for me, it was like giving up on something I thought was supposed to be occurring. So I feel like that seed that was planted of accepting, you know, the Lord to light the stones, however that happened, was set up for all the crazy things I don't know what's in the future. You know, like this is a pattern that I can be accepting of whatever crazy is in front of me. That for me personally, that's been, and I know it's been for our family also, like, but for, I think for the kids, I think it's just helped them realize that you can have joy wherever you're at. And it doesn't matter if you live in a, and at first people, when you told them you lived in a trailer, there's a stigma. And, um, it wasn't a mobile home stigma trailer, but people assumed certain things. They, many people assumed I homeschooled. Our kids went to public schools while we lived there because we weren't mobile. <laughs> we were the other side, you know, that couldn't afford to live in a house or whatever. But, you know, I just, I just think it taught them to be adventurous and seek, be their own entertainers. You know, they find fun wherever they go. And I think it stems from these experiences of fostering, you know, you create what you want in life. And it, yeah, I don't know if they answered the question, but that's kind you of did. what I got that's, from yeah. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's fantastic. So, All right. I think. Thanks for preserving. I know I talked a long time. How long did you talk? An hour and 31 minutes. Oh my gosh. This I can probably be, tell a dozen more stories. This has got to be the longest one uh, ever. Cut out stuff. <laughs> no. No, no. We're just going to leave it as is. This is fantastic. I think, um, I think down the road, I think we should do Indiana. Yeah. I think we should do a part two 
and talk all about Indiana because I would love it. And I don't know. um, It makes me feel like a bad family member because it makes me feel like, why didn't I know all? There's so much of this stuff. Like, why didn't I know all this stuff about you guys? But we all get busy with our own lives and we kind of... We don't get to hear all these details, so I'm really grateful that you did this. So, but that'll be it. Thanks, everybody. Thanks. Okay, what do you remember about that experience of living in the trailer out in California? So we had a garden, and and we took care of it a lot. Then then we ate a lot of vegetables, and then there's this um friend um I rode on her mower and. And we went to her up in her basement to have some stuff that she's getting rid of. And she let us pet her pets. Cool. Well, did you have fun out there? Did you like it out there? Yeah. We. I had so much fun. But then, but then the blue tricycle um, and and the house um um someone sold it. And I was so sad. <laughs> Those are. The blue tricycle, remember? Oh, oh, we had a little tricycle, but we didn't bring it home with us. So it was so a tiny toddler one. You're was, sad. You're sad when you can't bring it with yeah, you. Yeah, like it was my favorite one. <laughs> so when we lived in California, we went to look for a pet, and then we got all this stuff. Then we got this rat cage or something, and then we taped all the holes in it. And um, so when we so we went to the store for a second. I don't know why, but then we went to this place. These owners had lots of bunnies, and there was this small one that I really liked, but Mom picked this big one. I didn't like her at first, but then I really liked her. Cool. Because she was so big. She wasn't that big. She was a dwarf bunny. Yeah, dwarf. yeah. And, like, a few months later or something, Rocky was feeding... Um, when I, this happened when I was at school. So Rocky was feeding the bunny a carrot. And, well, he was. It looked like, but instead he put his finger inside and Rosie chomped it. And it started bleeding. And that's what happened. We also lived by a mushroom farm, I think. And um, we had some neighbors, too. And I forgot my teacher's name, and I had a lot of friends over there. Cool. Anything else? Um, this is Rocky. One time, what happened to him is that Sterling accidentally kind of hit a shovel at him, and then his hand started bleeding. And then, ooh. and we also did sometimes parachute. And one day there was this ball that appeared on our lawn. It said to the Croft family. So we just, and we were the Croft. So we, so. A giant four foot ball of the neighbors gave it to us. Yeah. Awesome. And, they just put it over the fence and put a note for you. Yeah. <laughs> and we only lived in California for like one year. Right. And I had my friend, Ginny. I never knew, I didn't really know her real name was Virginia. It was really crazy. Um, that strolling, um, rolled me around and stuff. Oh, yeah. So we hooked up Sterling's big tricycle to the bike trailer, and Sterling would, um, he 
he would pedal around the field with Rocky in the back and he would put helmets on both of them and they would just ride in circles. It was awesome.